Welcome to Complete Curiosity, the podcast that addresses the big questions in little segments. Hello and welcome. I know a lot of people are joining us. Small apologies for starting a little bit late. I think the sun has melted some of our uh, internet connections, but we're we're up and running. So uh, thank you very much for, for joining us on this uh, very hot and sunny and sticky day uh, to a new series of Fit for the Future. These webinars we're hoping are going to be approximately every two weeks and we're going to look at, we're going to be recorded, they're going to be on our website so you can share those with friends either as a webinar or as a podcast. So complete-coherence.com. So please do go there and please do share those links with as many people as, as possible. So Alan's joined us again. He's got his windows open there. He's, he's obviously a little bit hot under the collar, but Alan, welcome. We're back here again, making a statement or making a difference. What's, what's in your mind this week? Well, on my mind a lot of the time, Katie, is this whole notion of activism. So I thought we'd start this week with a slightly more controversial topic, which is really about how we drive change and what is our individual responsibility in relation to change. So hopefully you can see the slides, Kenny? Yes, yep. Okay. And one of the things that I was prompted to talk about was really coming off the back of a conversation I had with a client, a CEO client of a tech startup. And we were talking about this whole notion of making a statement or making a difference. And I just want to show a couple of sort of challenging images here which is we've seen in recent times this whole taking a knee, particularly where the premiership football in the UK in relation to Black Lives Matter. You know, we've seen people clapping for the NHS. We've seen marches and rallies. But I'm always a bit ambivalent when you see those things because you wonder about, you know, is this really tokenism or what's called virtue signalling or performative activism? So this particular incident attracted attention on social media of this young lady in Los Angeles who turned up so she could have a photo taking of her, apparently boarding something up. But once she had the photo taken, she got back in a Mercedes and went home. So, you know, this person photographing themselves in front of Madonna on a Black Lives Matter march. So are they really making a difference or are they making a statement? There's no doubt that there's some things that are beginning to make a difference. So the bringing down of statues of you know, people from our past who would seem to have a racist uh, stance in Bristol. You know, and I'm not saying that all marches are a bad thing, you know, silence is violence and all of that. And there's been a very interesting thing happening in Oxford in relation to the Cecil Rhodes statue, you know, where the undergraduates have been trying to take the statue down of Cecil Rhodes for 20 years. But now the town and the gown, as it's called, have got together and it seems like something might actually happen. Now, setting aside, there's always a risk of cultural revisionism, i.e. these people were historical figures, and can we really judge the morality of the past by today's morality? But I think it's important not to celebrate or promote historical figures who may have done hurtful things. So I think we can take a line where we don't promote divisive figures, and they're, you know, part of the historical narrative, but they don't have to be part of today's narrative. So that's all a sort of backdrop. We're seeing it across the planet at the moment in relation to, and I just want to share a couple of things from the CEO of a brilliant tech company, 
And she wrote a letter here to all of her staff and I pulled out a few things that she said and I thought it was brilliant. You know, words are cheap. Statements can be made by anyone. And a VC-backed B2B startup with 17 cis white men as their first 17 hires don't get a pass because they post a black square on Instagram. It's not about words, it's about action. It's not about making statements, it's about making a difference. It's not even about making a donation, it's about committing yourself over a lifetime. So really the point of the webinar is to help us think about what are the things that really matter to us all of the time, not just occasionally when there's a hackathon or a TV promotion and dedicating our lives to those things. So it was really that topic that I wanted to talk about is what should we be dedicating our lives to? Now, as we've touched in the previous webinar series on this whole notion of super complicated or what's called wicked issues, and there are a whole bunch of these, I've just pulled out 12, that really affect all of us. So my call to action or call to arms for all of us is, you know, just pick one, pick an issue. These are ones that affect every single person on the planet. So for example, you know, get involved politically, because clearly democracy has passed its sell-by date and the lobby is unduly influential in determining policy in many countries around the world. So become politically active and see what you can do to change the narrative. You know, we've seen lots of people getting involved in the Extinction Rebellion, but don't just turn up to a march, get more involved consistently and persistently, because climate change is probably the greatest issue of our time. And it will lead to the biggest problem that will emerge, which is really in relation to food, safety, security, waste and production. Of the seven and a half billion people on the planet, two billion are starving and two billion are obese. We've got a massive problem with food on the planet. Get involved in that. Affordable healthcare, you know, in some com countries, healthcare is 12% of GDP. You know, big pharma, there are issues there. Get involved, become an activist on healthcare. Criminal justice, as many people will know, the US has 5% of the global population, but 25% of the prison population, i.e. there's three big companies in, in America that are driving, you know, some terrible things, I think, that are happening in the criminal justice system, which is tantamount to slavery. In fact, there are more, you know, black people in prison now than there were slaves. So there's some profoundly unjust things going on in what's meant to be criminal justice. Capitalism, you know, as we've touched on in the previous webinar series, the level of obscene inequality. And as a model, capitalism clearly passed its sell-by date. So get involved, see what that can shift and evolve to. And as we've seen in the Black Lives Matter movement, the whole issue of gender, race, or disability discrimination, whether it's manifesting as LGBTQ, BLM, or the Me Too movement, become an activist there. Poverty. We've got clients in Mexico, and, and I hear that at least 60% of the Mexican population is on the, the breadline, on the border of poverty perpetually, which is why they're now the main uh, focus point for COVID in Latin America. In the US, it may shock people to realize that most of the US population are only two paychecks away from ruin, and it's calculated that 12% of the entire population lives in poverty in a supposed free country and the land of opportunity, allegedly. Education, 260 million people are uneducated and 56%, and this is UN data, even though they may spend 12 or 14 years in education, exit without minimal proficiency. Something's wrong. Immigration, 71 million refugees globally, 50% of them are under 18. Our addiction to fossil fuel, or the fact that 
truth and power we need to reclaim. And part of the interest in Black Lives Matter is the reclaiming of the truth. You know, and one wonders whether deceit is the new currency of the powerful. So there's lots of issues we can become activists in, which led me to think about, well, let's talk about that. You know, what is required is we need to take action, not applause. And the first step is to knowledge up. We've got to knowledge up on these issues. So the real issue is ignorance. And as I wrote in one of my books, climate change isn't the issue. The problem is the ignorance in relation to climate change. It's not the fact that the nature of climate change is that not enough people understand because they're not enough well-read and well-versed. So they get confused by a confused media. So it's a wake-up call. Awareness is necessary. So we've got to knowledge up and become aware of what's really going on in these 12 issues and many others, or any of them, is we've got to become aware. But awareness is a necessary first step, but it's not sufficient. It's no good just becoming aware of the problem and thinking you've finished. You've got to be aware of the problem. And then if you are woke, as it would be called, we've got to develop better thinking. We've got to cultivate our curiosity and our passion because it's only that passion that will create the motivation for consistent action. So there's a, something that we personally can do. We've got to knowledge up and get passionate about these things to become motivated to take action and then build our connections and our networks and contribute to the momentum of movements. That's the we part of it, and then take the activism. So it's an I, a we, and an it that's required. Our passion, our community, our networks, contribution to momentum, our collectivism, because without that I and the we, the activism will not sustain. So that's what I think is really important. So even in the face of COVID, you know, let COVID be an ignition to get stuck into the healthcare issue, if you will get stuck into the food safety issue if you will so i think you know when we're taking stock through this pandemic like in what way do we want to be different moving forward now i know there are a lot of obstacles to activism you know i haven't got the time i haven't got the energy i haven't got the resources it's too much effort i've got so many other things to attend to i haven't got access to the people of influence or to the mechanisms the systems the processes you know, there's lots of obstacles, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try because if we don't try, then who is? Who is going to fix these issues? Who are we expecting to fix these issues? Government? You know, I think we could probably all agree that's probably unlikely to happen, even though they need to be involved. Big business? Well, quite probably. But who can really move the dial? In my view, is everyone. It's going to require all of us because these are urgent, urgent issues. And if not us, then who? And underneath all of that, we should get involved because these issues affect all of us. They don't directly affect you. They indirectly affect you by affecting other people that you know or that you're in community with. So ultimately, they affect all of us. And we're not really separate. I mean, if COVID's taught us nothing, it's taught us that we are not separate. We are one species humanity on the planet, all connected to each other. You know, a virus starts in China, the whole planet gets a cold. So we are really not separate from each other. And we've got to understand that. And if we can become more selfless, that would be a good thing. And actually, if you look, as we teach many of our clients, the evolution of self will eventually take you to this sense of selflessness. That's part of our own development. That's where this ends up. The more mature, the more sophisticated we become as human beings, the more selfless we become. Or even just do it 
selfish giving. I mean, just participate, help uplift somebody else's life purely because it makes you feel better. At least you're uplifting somebody else's life. So do it for selfish reasons. Even if you can't do it for selfless reasons, do it for selfish reasons. So that's why we need to become activists. And our development has to move us out of our own little spaces. We've got to be less parochial and we've got to embrace all of us, not just our own areas. And so I think we need to start now. You know, if not when, then when are we going to do this? I think we need to start now and try any experiment. Try some pro bono, try volunteering for charity, do some philanthropy, change your workplace, try and get this activism going in your own business, in your own workplace. And I just wanted to highlight a brilliant talk, one of the best TED Talks I've ever seen by Dan Palotta. And Dan makes a very, very compelling case about the nonprofit sector. And he said part of the reason the nonprofit sector really struggles is we can't pay competitive salaries. If you look at a Stanford MBA, first year out of Stanford, they earn £400,000 in the commercial sector. And your average charity CEO in America earns £84,000. So the clever people, you know, the really brilliant young stars of tomorrow you know, why would we expect them to take a pay cut and work for a charity? And the answer is they won't. And most charities can't do advertising because there's this really bizarre view that all the money that goes into a charity has to be given to the needy. And that's one of the reasons why the charitable sector has only been 2% of GDP for 40 years and it's never changed. Charities don't grow. And of course, you can't take any fundraising risks because, you know, you're in a sort of Senate committee investigation if you've tried some fundraising maneuver and it doesn't work it's a reputation killer but of course in commercial markets you can take all sorts of risks and it's not allowed within the charitable sector so many charities don't have the time to build the scale before they start to support the needy many tech startups will go not producing money or doing anything very useful for 10 years that doesn't happen in the charitable sector and also it can't attract capital because it can't make a profit. So the whole model is wrong. So charitable sectors can't grow. So watch Dan Paletto. He tells something very compelling about the charitable sector. And ultimately, you know, who are we? Who are we as human beings, as individuals, if we don't start to become selfless, if we don't start to lean into collaboration, if we don't start to become activists? You know, how do we really want to live our lives? So... I just wanted to send, as a sort of bit of a controversial one, Katie, is to send that out as a challenge. I think we have to become activists. And I think the BLM is really igniting that fire and maybe making us all think, you know, in this time for reflection post-COVID, or as we start to emerge from COVID, the risk is we go back to falling asleep and back to our old ways. And then we will miss the opportunity of creating a better world for us all. So... That's the topic of activism, as, as I see it, that I wanted to share. Okay, thank, thanks for that, Alan. I just, I kind of put together a little poll and just talking about activism. These are maybe some of the ways of being activists. I just wonder if people on the webinar would be kind enough to just vote, you know, how many of you are actually actively involved in either charity, pro bono, philanthropy, consistent donations, not a one-off donation. And perhaps volunteering time spent volunteering on them. Maybe there's something else that we've we've missed out on there. So just encourage. I'm just going to let that, that go for a while because there's only like 50% of people voted so far. So obviously quite provocative this week, Alan, as ever. I'm just wondering whether anybody's got any questions. There's a couple of things. You feel very strongly about this. You know, where where is this coming from within 
within you and why do you feel do you feel there's an extra surge now kind of I, I hate to say post-covid because I don't think we're there no. but no. just that sense of do you feel there is an energy do you feel like there is a kind of pressure building or, or is this just more of a hope on your part well it's difficult to tell Katie I hope there's a pressure building because the whole COVID and, and you know we're sitting at home thinking about things and, and watching some of the terrible things that are going on around the world is this what we want for ourselves you know and who are we it's so easy to go oh well it's miles away it's nothing to do with me it's not in my locality and not in my backyard and therefore I don't really need to pay attention to it but who are we if we don't pay attention to these things? So, you know, I mean, I've all my life, I think, in answer to your question, you know, where does it come from me personally? I guess I got it from my mum. My mum was a, a stellar example of being of service, you know, worked really hard all her life in the sort of charitable sector. And uh, I guess I got it from her. But, you know, ever since my days working as a physician, you know, trying to reduce physical suffering, and over the last 25 years, you know, working, hoping, trying to work more at scale through our work with multinational corporations is to affect suffering on a much wider scale. So it's really been part of my identity and it's been a joyful journey. So, you know, there are, there are very, very few things that can make you feel more uplifted than seeing the smile on the face of somebody you've helped. And so that's the sort of selfish part of it, if you will. It's really, you know, altruism is really wonderful and, and it's just you know, if, if we can embrace this idea that we're in this together and we can help each other and support each other, you know, then we can build out a better future. But my concern is that people feel helpless. You know, how do I make a difference? Somebody asks. Well, as I said, is first step is awareness. You know, pick any one of those 12 wicked issues or anything that really you feel passionate about and start to study, start to knowledge up, start to find out because most of these things are super complicated, which is why they're still around. I mean, if it was a simple problem to solve, mankind would have solved these things. Most of these things are very complex, wicked issues. Mm -hmm. So start to knowledge up is the first step. And then with that awareness and that knowledge, you know, hopefully that builds a passion or a desire in you and a perpetual curiosity to know more and more about that particular issue, whatever the issue is, I don't mind what issue you get involved in, to you know, connect with others who are also like-minded, are also troubled by some of the things that they see. And with that I passion and that we connection, you know, start to get involved, start to try things, start to take action. You know, and that might be just turning up on a march initially, but don't stop there. Consistent action and nothing short of that will change the future. So it's really that. One of these questions is, is what do you, I'm assuming it's, it's towards you. What do you do to make a difference? I know you've written a number of books yeah. uh, and running complete but yeah but well, I mean the business in a way is you know complete as a business is set up specifically to reduce human suffering and the human suffering that flows from you know poor quality decision making by leaders so leaders who have the responsibility to lead large number of people if they make poor decisions they create suffering so, the, as you know, the, the metaphor we often use in the corporate sector is the global financial crisis, which was caused essentially by 50 men. And it was men, not women, but that's another whole story. And I've got 34 names, so I'm gradually figuring out who did it. Only one woman, by the way, in that list so far. So these people made decisions which put £200 million in their own pocket. But within a year, those 50 men caused American debt to double. 
within a year, it caused 30 million people to be unemployed globally. And within a year, hundreds of thousands of suicides as people's lives imploded. So 50 men got very rich, but hundreds of thousands of people committed suicide and 30 million people lost their job as a result of the greed of 50 men. So that's kind of like a metaphor. When you've got bad leadership, it causes an incredible amount of suffering and suffering on a scale that I could never fix as a doctor, which is why I stopped being a doctor because I just couldn't reach the scale. So these things matter, you know, poor leadership, whether that's political leadership, leadership of businesses uh, or any type of leadership, it matters. And so complete is set up to try and, you know, create enlightened leaders in all walks of life. That's our mission as a business, enlightened leaders of all walks of life. So we get out of bed every day to try and wake up and grow up and mature the leaders to help them become a little bit more enlightened, take more pro-social decisions. The books I've written are either about leadership or about some of these wicked issues are again saying, look, we're not helpless in the face of all this. There are some things you can actually do to change the political system, to change the food system, to change the economic system. There are some things that every single person, no matter how small that person may be or feel small, mm. they can do. So, you know, it's, it's you that. Feel that's going, do you feel that's going to change? Let's just share these, these results, these poll results. So consistent donations seems to be the, the number one, but quite a few charities pretty big up there as well and volunteering, over half people volunteering. There's a question here about, I'd love to hear a story anecdote, somebody who wanted to make a difference, didn't know how, but found a way to overcome the, the barriers around being an activist in the business of daily life. And that's, you know, that sense. And maybe somebody out there can come forward and share that. Share well, I, can that tell you, I can tell you one, Katie, not for my own life, but if you look at the people who founded the Black Lives Matter, it was just out of a sense, an individual person who, who was not involved in race equality or gender equality, any of that stuff but was so outraged by what was happening. And this is pre the recent event. And prior to that was so outraged that they just started doing something thinking this isn't right. It was literally one or two single in, in, and it started and it snowballed and it snowballed. And that's how activism works. So that's what I'm encouraging people to do. I mean, just pick any of these issues and become an activist because it needs all of us. It needs all of us to change our planet for the better. And so we've got to stop sitting on the sidelines or thinking that actually if we just turn up and applaud something, that that's doing anything. It's not. I mean, it's well-intentioned. I don't deny that. But it's not affecting change. And we need to become active to effective change. So that's my challenge. So, you know, you and I work with some pretty big corporations. You know, what, what do you think corporations can do? Uh, obviously, they want to keep customers on board. They want to keep customers happy. You know, are they going to get involved more now than they have done in some of these particular high profile causes? Well, some are already. I mean, you know, if there's a sort of normal distribution, as you can imagine, you know, some are very uh, active and very engaged already. I mean, doing some amazing things. I spoke to the chief executive of Dole, you know, who are the sort of fruit people this morning, and they're doing some incredible stuff on sustainability and sustainable packaging. You know, so companies like that are doing amazing things. And, you know, that's just one example. There are many companies doing incredible stuff already. In addition, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, economics is bad. You know, employing people is a really powerful and important thing. But it's not just that. So companies that complicate themselves saying, well, we're doing something. We're, you know, we're creating livelihood and jobs and helping people pay their mortgage. It's not enough. 
It's not enough because if business doesn't start to lean into this, who's going to? Now, you know, I encourage everybody, whatever business you work in, or even if you don't work, to become actively involved. So I think there's a particular, as we discussed before, an especially big responsibility on business because religious leadership has failed and political leadership clearly is failing and regressing at the moment. So it's mainly down to business leaders. Uh, so business has got to step up much more. Lots of them are, but not enough, in my view, not enough. There's a good question from Michael. He says, I see some activists that are stuck in only one way of manifesting, e.g. posting things and screaming out, and it doesn't seem to move the dial. How can we get involved from an integral perspective uh, so that we can change, say, behaviour? And again, some of our, our listeners and viewers may not be familiar with, with integral. So maybe you can just explain very briefly what that is. Yes. So so integral is the recognition, essentially, that your life exists in these three dimensions. There is an inside, you know, your thoughts and feelings, your identity, your psyche, your humanity, you know, your morality, your virtue. That's all the stuff that you can't see that exists inside all of us. Then there's the interpersonal dimension. So that first bit is the I. The interpersonal is the we, you know, the quality and depth and strength of our relationships. And then there's what we're doing the it what are we doing and so you know what one of the big five dimensions of an integral idea is that there's an i a we and it and our life isn't we're not human doings our life doesn't just exist in a rational sense objective out there there's an inside in here and then there's a between us so i we and it our life is three-dimensional not one-dimensional and so from an integral perspective becoming an activist as as i showed on my slide is we have to step change our motivation. That's our eyepiece. We've got to become passionate about any of these issues. Pick one. And then we've got to work to connect with other people who are passionate on the same issue. So we've got to reach out. We've got to find that community. They're out there. Reach out and find them. Start talking to them. And not just for the intention of just making a noise, because making a noise doesn't make a difference. It's just making a noise. We've got to you know, keep our passion, the passion burning consistently and connect with each other. And in that collaborative connection, figure out what action will move the dial. So that's the I, the we and the it. And nothing short of that integral I, we and it. So knowledge up, passion up, connect up and start changing. Okay, I'm going to leave it there, Alan, because I think we've we've answered quite a number of questions today. I don't want to keep it um, nice and tight. We have our next uh, webinar in two weeks' time on the 9th of July. Should I stay or should I grow? Is it possible to grow your business while working from home? That should be an interesting, an interesting debate. So please do join us then and also share the link, share the love around your colleagues and friends. And uh, if people want to catch up on these, these of course are on our website as webinars and as audio podcasts. So uh, until next time, thanks very much for joining us and see you then. Thank you. If we've piqued your curiosity or you've enjoyed anything we've talked about in this podcast, please subscribe, email us or just visit our website at complete-coherence.com.